Welcome back into the Rounding Third Podcast. I'm Nick. We got Harrison and Sean again tonight. How are we doing, fellas? What's up, boys? Not a whole lot. Before we get going, make sure you like, follow us on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can also listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Leading off, let's just jump right into the Cincinnati Reds win streak. And the 12-game heater they just went on. The Braves finally snapped it. But, I mean, they got Joey Votto back. He has come back with a vengeance, man. Whew, he's been – the Reds have been much – must-watch TV. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz hits for the cycle. Got, kid goes from home to third in about four seconds flat. He is so fast. Uh, like crazy, he, need, he, he knew he needed the triple, and he's like, nah, okay, I'll just turn it on and go. And got there. He, um, he, he could have beat it standing up, too. Totally, and I, I'm not. Sure. I'm not knocking him for sliding, but I mean, he could have beat that standing up. Yeah, yep. I mean, not only did De La Cruz hit for the cycle, he totally overshadows Joey Votto's two home run, four RBI game. Like, no one's talking about Joey Votto's comeback and has hit three or four bombs already. Um, he is rejuvenated by this Reds team. Yep, and I mean, well, everyone's 24 and under. I mean. He looks young again. I'm glad Votto's back to enjoy these young guys. Um, yeah. And, man, they are fun to watch right now. And jo- Joey Votto's been begging for years for this team to be competitive and to bring in some some energy and excitement. And, uh, boy, do they have it now. And him coming back, like we saw, we talked about last week, he only makes that team better. That veteran presence, yeah. that calming presence, his personality around that team, it's only going to make things better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I look at – what the Reds are doing now. And I, I, I think the Reds can be kind of an example for what fans of the Reds. I mean, I know, you know, we talk about the Red Sox a lot on here, but the Reds had some, you know, with Jonathan India, Jesse Winker and Hunter Green. I mean, this is three years ago. They had some good young pieces and people are going, Oh, why aren't the Reds going for it? Why aren't the Reds going for it? Oh my God. They traded away Jesse Winker, Jonathan. And I was, I did the same thing. You know, I, I was sitting on here on the show saying, what are the Reds thinking? I mean, they got these young pitchers. They got Jonathan India. Why are you trading away Jesse Winker? And it's just, they had a vision and they're sticking to their vision. And and they knew the guys that they had and they knew the talent they had coming up in the, in through the minors. And they had a plan and yeah. they stuck to their plan. They stuck to their vision. And I'm not saying it's going to bring them world series this year. Cause it probably isn't. I'm not saying that, but you know, you can see the plan they had coming to fruition. You and... trade, yeah, you trade away Luis Castillo, get four prospects in return. Um, Nialvi Marte still isn't even up with a big club, and that right. kid's legit. I, I mean, well, we think. Just, I mean, and that's right, the thing about right, baseball, right. right? Like, you just never know. I mean, like that's why, and that's why, baseball among, I should say, more than all other sports. If you have a guy that's a sure thing, you lock him up. A guy like Rafi, you lock up. But with that being said, you get as many prospects as you possibly can because it, it's a crapshoot. I mean, some guys are more promising than others. Don't get me wrong, certainly, right? But at the end of the day, it's a crapshoot. Most guys won't make it. So it's just a numbers game. The more guys, the more options, the more availability you have of these guys, the better your chances of hitting on a few of them. And the Reds are just... I mean, you look at the guys that they're bringing up through their system, and they're getting these guys through trades, 
through draft picks, through just accumulating the amount of just the more opportunities you have to develop these young kids. And it just, it, it's coming to fruition now. And I'm, I'm hoping that this is going to be the Reds for the next four, five, six, seven years. That'd be fantastic. Yep. Yeah. The Reds are, the Reds are doing exactly what the Rays have shown everybody to do, which is just stockpile young people in the system and sort through them. Who's going to make it? Who's not? Uh, and you get them through all different all different avenues. It's trades, it's free agent signings, it's rule five picks, it's whatever whatever source you can find them. You just stockpile young players, you know, put your development people on a uh, on high alert, and figure out who's going to make it. And they've they've got a an amazing crop of young guys coming up, and apparently they've got a lot of talent behind them too. Um, and I, I agree with you, Sean. I, I'd love to see the Reds be like this for the next four, five, six years because they just keep rolling talent through. Yeah, it, I mean, it's kind of the example that we've been talking about with the Rays, right? Like they stockpile these minor leaguers and some of them are going to hit eventually, you know, and then they all come just they come in waves like there's three or four young guys that are coming up, making an impact. I mean, Reds have what had three before Lodola went on the on the IL, but they had three legit rookie of the year candidates. I mean, you still got Spencer Steer, who's who's knocking the crap out of the ball. Ellie De La Cruz is obviously going to be rookie of the year running. Nick Ladola was in the running for a little bit till he got hurt. I, I Graham mean, Ashcroft. And, and don't Ash, let the numbers Ashcraft, fool you. I, right. If you watch him, and I'm not, you know, I'm not Tom House, right? I'm not some pitching guru. But you watch a kid like that, and it's like he just has it. He seems he's got good stuff. He seems to have the mental makeup. It's just it's a guy that you look at in the next three years, and you're like, oh, it's the Reds have it going on on the staff. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I. I just I, I think it's an exciting time to be a Reds fan, and I'm excited for Reds fans because they've had to put up with such bad baseball for so long. Like, it's it's finally good on them, you know, for putting yeah. up with it, and and it's fun, man. To see that stadium sold out this weekend with awesome. the Braves yeah. was so, so cool, so cool. Well, I mean, and, I, and another, you know, we talked about attendance being up across Major League Baseball last week. You know, having having big fan bases like the Reds with a reason to get excited to come out to the game again is a huge reason. Like that is a fan base that has been dying for a winner for so long. I mean, you know, think, think about the life of the Cincinnati sports fan. You had the Bengals and you had the Reds who spent years in the basement. And now those two organizations have both come back around. It's good to be a Cincinnati sports fan again. And, and the fans are showing it, you know, if you put a good product out there, they'll come and they're showing up in droves. They're excited about that team and they should be, because that is a fantastic young team with a lot of upside. Yep. Absolutely. So I've, I I mean, I'm still watching my Diamondbacks, don't get me wrong, but I have found myself tuning into Cincinnati Reds like quite regularly lately. Uh, I mean, they're just, it's a blast. So, all right, let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about what is happening in the replay booth here. Um, I have no clue what's going on. So first First instance was the Red Sox and Twins in Minnesota. There's a play at first base. Caleb Ort is going over to cover first base. And listen, I'm I'm a Red Sox homer. I can be sometimes. But Caleb Ort totally whiffed on first base. I mean, whiffed it. Not even close. The Didn't even attempt him. to step on the base. No. The ump calls him out. Minnesota rightfully challenges the call. And it comes back saying the runner was out. I mean, there was clear evidence he missed the base. Like, it wasn't even close. 
and somehow they still came back with an out and everyone's just sitting there scratching their heads like i i did just, they give any sort of explanation or they just simply said the call stands he's out yeah that was it just the call was confirmed he's out confirmed confirmed or stands oh sweet confirmed you spill yeah uh, just dropped it what yeah, are you gonna sorry. do yeah happened yeah, that's, that's why I still use the sippy cup. <laughs> For sure, dude. I I would cap mine every time when I go to shut it. But yeah, I mean, it was just brutal. And then on top of that, they have the play in Texas, the Jonah Heim play in Texas. This one's yeah, that, terrible. He that was is tough. he's standing in front of home plate, clearly giving the runner the back half of home plate. He reads the bounce and shuffles his feet to the back, now giving the runner the front half of the plate, and they call an obstruct. They call lane violation or whatever the call is now at home plate. Um, <laughs> that he didn't give him the running lane or the plate, whatever again, whatever they call it. And Bruce Bochy comes unglued. Jonah Heim's sitting there with his hands up, like how how did I not not give him the plate? Like I don't understand. It goes to goes to the replay official, and again, like even the announcers well, are sitting there, like. But they, that one's di- clearly that gave one was different the because they called him out. Right, and then you, they over- the play it right. So that was different than Caleb Ort was just a bad call live. Yeah. Right. They then went to replay and somehow upheld. The Jonah Heim one, to me, is more concerning because they <laughs> called him out. The umpire live was there at the plate, watched it happen, called him out. Right. Chicago challenge challenge. Chicago challenges it, then they go to replay, and then replay overturns it and said that it was a a lane violation, which to me is more troublesome. Like any sport, when we when we talk about any sport, man, that has replay, to me, like the official that's live watching it live that's there should always, always, always get the benefit of the doubt. Always. And the fact that they the fact that he called him out at the plate, they went to replay and replay overturned it. To me, is that's a bigger problem than the Caleb Port one. Not only that, was the runner was out by 20 feet. Like, it wasn't even a close yeah. play. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it was it, just... But you also look at, you look at what that rule is, is intending to prevent. It's, we want to prevent the Buster Posey-type injury. So that's number one. Yep. Number two, runs are good. We want more runs versus less runs. So that's fine, too. Neither one of those scenarios was ever in play in that particular play, right? Jonah Heim did everything he was supposed to do, everything right. he was supposed to do defensively. I mean, you, you laid it out, Nick, right? He's on the front half, then he gives him the back half. He doesn't step in front of the plate until he has the ball, which is very clearly in the rules. When you have the ball, you can block the Like, he did nothing wrong. No. It, it so was... that, that's a problem because it, I thought they made the original call correct, and then they went to replay, and then they overturned it, and that – you yeah, know, I that's think that's great, an issue. That's a great point. Yeah. I, I just don't know, like, what they're watching. And if they want to pay me to do that job, I will clearly sit there and watch baseball all day and make those calls. <laughs> oh, 1,000%. Because, uh-huh. I mean, that one was really obvious to me. And I've in all my years of baseball, I've never seen Bruce Bochy lose it. And I know it took him a half hour to get up to home plate. He yeah, he looked, hilari- well. he, he looked hilariously <laughs> in pain. Uh, but – uh, he has a he has a valid beef. Like oh, Bruce no Bochy doesn't come out of the dugout unless there's legit something going yeah, on. Br- and... Bruce Bochy's not Aaron Boone who's gonna like argue over like the color of the umpire shirt. Like 
he's only coming out if it's really a bad call. Yeah. I, I just I couldn't couldn't quite get past that one. I don't I don't know what happened. Don't know what's going on in the replay booth, oh, but and I and I feel like we were talking about this before we went on. I, I feel like that's one of those rules that is like unnecessarily gray and vague. Like there's a lot of interpretation to whether or not he was actually taking the path away. And I I feel like I feel like those become coin toss calls because it's all dependent upon who the hell's looking at it and who's interpreting what. It's not it's it's like ruling a catch in the NFL. Like nobody knows what what a catch even is. Everybody's interpretation's different. Which is why I'll say I'll back up what I said. You have to go with the umpire on the field yep. first and foremost. Yep. And which is why this is why you need umpires. It's why you need officials <laughs> there. Because like these things happen so quickly and, and you can slow anything down slow enough to make it look like Jonah Heim was in the way. Right. Like if you, if you do anything in slow motion, it looks like he's blocking the plate, like run it live, like be there live, like watch the play live, be there with the years and years of training and experience that you've had as an umpire. You're in that scenario. 99.9% of the time, you're going to make the right call. You're going to make the right call. And that's why you are at that level And replay is there to take away the egregiously wrong calls. Right. Replay is there to give Alejandro, whatever to give him his perfect game. thank yep. you thank <laughs> you that's why replays there so they yep. they could have gone to that and he could have got his perfect game yep yep like Agreed. replays yep. not there to give the white Sox a win because jonah heim potentially screwed up on some technicality like that and it's football's gone to it and football i think has gotten too replay heavy and baseball seems to yep. be getting that way now and i just i don't know i don't like it 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 and I don't even care about like the coming, like the ruining the flow of the game. Like that is what it is. It's just like, right. <clears throat> you're just, you're making bad calls. Yeah. Right. Ultimately. I mean, that's with replay. Making, right. You're just making <laughs> bad calls. Like umpires are part of the game, man. Bad calls are part of it. It's you're going to over the course of a season, you're going to probably come out. Even calls that go your way calls that go against you. But now, I mean, the Rangers have a legitimate gripe for having an extra loss in the loss column. Then they should. Yeah, they do. A legitimate gripe. And they can't sit there and go, oh, it was a bad call, because it was a bad call. But it was a bad call via replay that was originally the right call. So what the hell are we talking about? Right. Yeah, an umpire on the field wasn't even the one that messed that up. Like somebody in in the booth in New York screwed that up. Now you have a gripe, and it it just (laughs) – it's only going to get worse from there. Do you think they go over and put the headset on and be like, hey, guys, what did you think about that last play? Like – Dude, not going to be honest. I was, I was watching San Francisco and San Diego. I, I didn't see that one at all. Um, uh, he's uh, We'll just call him safe. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> they, the White Sox been chirping at me all night. We got to throw him a bone here. Can you go fix that? I mean, like, man. But, I mean, I mean, but to Sean's point about flow of the game, like, I, I don't care about the flow of the game if you're going to fix the egregious call. Correct. But if you're just going to review crap to review crap, it gets it, it gets a little annoying. But the other, the other hard part with that play, with replay, is the fact that you're looking at that play in a vacuum. You're not looking at the angle the runner is coming in, how Jonah Heim adjusted, where the throw was coming from. There's so many variables that are like 30, 50, 100 feet away from the play that as an umpire, you're interpreting that on the fly. Replay guy doesn't even see it. He doesn't see yeah. the angle the throws coming in. He doesn't see you know where it necessarily is going to hop before it hops to see why Heim was where he was. They didn't see the fact that the, the the runner took an extra round path around third base and was coming in a little bit deeper, like which changes it, his angle, right? Exactly, which, which changes, changes where Heim, right? You know, Heim Heim was positioned well, 
But if the runner goes in or out, he can't control that. He's got his back You're to right. it. So You're right. there's too many variables there to try to review that play in a vacuum and say, yeah, he was blocking it because you can't see the angle of the other activity that was coming towards him. And again, and again, and again, we will say the correct call was made on the field. It was 100%. And then they go they go to replay and replay overturns it, which is, is just egregious in my opinion. And yes, I'm a Rangers fan. So yes, I'm biased, but that's not even a bias. That's just the wrong call. It was just the wrong flat call. out. Right. It was, it was a bad call so, period. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know how, how you fix it. I, I don't know. I, it's, I think you're right. Like replays gotten too heavy. They're relying on it too much. Teams well, are like, Hey, we have one in the back pocket. Let's just throw it out there. So that's see what happens. That's the problem. Yep. That's the problem. And you look at, and I think hockey has probably done the best job Mm. as far as a sport is concerned when it comes to challenging because there is a negative impact to getting a challenge wrong. If you challenge something in hockey and you get it wrong, you take a delay of game penalty. Yeah. So you, you, you can't just throw out a challenge for the sake of throwing out a challenge. You have to be pretty sure and confident that you're going to get your challenge right. It's the only sport that does that. Yeah. You know, but but how do but how do you do it in baseball, right? Like you just right. oh, if you get the challenge wrong, you lose a run. Like you can't do that. You know, so like you know, they got to come up right. with something. But I agree with you because you're now. If there was a let's put it this way, if there was a negative consequence to getting a challenge wrong, there is no shot on the planet that Crawford challenges that play. No shot. No. Yeah. Why it would he? Wouldn't have been worth it. It wouldn't have been worth it. Right. Why would he? But there's no yeah. negative impact. There's no downside. So he's like, yeah, I might as well throw it out and see what happens. See what kind of mood New York is in. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I agree. All right. Let's uh, move on to series from last week. Um, we'll start off on this one because I just think it's uh, absolutely hilarious. But <clears throat> the Angels beat the Rockies in that one game 25 to 1. Uh, there was back to back to back home runs um, on three pitches. You know what the crazy stat of that game, too, is Trout and Otani only had one hit apiece. One hit. Yeah. Otani <laughs> struck out three times. He was one for seven. Yeah, three Ks. Listen, I bet the Angels take that. If those guys just get two hits, but they put up 25 runs, I think they'll take that every day. But oh, oh for sure. Not gonna happen. But this is this is the stat that really blows my mind. The Angels outscored the Rockies in that series 32 to 12, and they lost the series. I mean, yes, obviously the 25 to 1 lopsided victory is the reason why. <laughs> But right. they lost the other two games. You, but yeah, you look <laughs> at that on the surface. You go, you averaged ten runs a game, and you lost two out of three. <laughs> it just, it just seems nuts. It's a very angel stat. It's terrible. Well, it is. It's the random stuff the angels seem to come across. My goodness, it's crazy. Um, I mean, for for a team that actually has been good, like that team's actually been good, been competitive. Um, what a just a weird series. Yeah, I think the angels are what they are at this point. I don't really see them getting any better i don't see them getting any worse i think they're just kind of skating where they are for the rest of the season that's where i see them going they're a team that's going to hang around are they going to necessarily make a big push probably not but they're going to hang around yeah um and then cubs cardinal series in london uh it's always pretty cool when there's like a special venue um, you know, like Field of Dreams the last couple of times, the Mexico City game earlier this year, that was absolutely crazy. Um, but the Cubs, the Cardinals in London, there was a good turnout. 
Uh, sorry. Nick's out of control over there. Oh my God. Uh, no, my dogs are going nuts. Um, good turnout in London. It, it almost looks like the, the Red Sox Yankees. It seems like a lot of fans are flying over to London for vacation yep. and kind of doing that, which is great for London, right? I mean, London's getting a whole bunch of people in for tourism, raising money. Um, but I don't know if you saw any of the uh, the Tim Kirchin reports and stuff on the sideline. He's like, what do you uh, what do you know about baseball? And he goes, and like, guys are like, you mean like cricket? Like, yeah, they no yeah, idea. Yeah, sure. Like, just no clue. <laughs> they have like, no I idea. know what rounders is. And it's like, well, I don't even know what rounders is. But <laughs> it's just it was just pretty funny. But, I mean, I think it's really cool when MLB is trying to do that. I know they're trying to get a series in France, hopefully. Um, I know they're playing in Korea, I think it is, next year. Um, so it, it's cool that they're starting to take it globally and realizing that baseball is a global sport that a lot of people are following. Um, but yeah, it, it is. It, it's, it's important to continue to, to expand the game, spread the game, get it in front of more people in more areas. You know, as we saw with the world baseball classic, there are a lot of countries out there that are diehard baseball fans uh, and they'd love to see major league baseball come their way. They, they've got their own professional leagues, but you know, nothing is quite major league baseball. Um, and getting to see these guys live is a big deal. So, you know, London is an odd choice because it's not really, as we saw, you know, Great Britain really doesn't invest much in their baseball or their uniforms. Um, so, you know, that side of the, you know, that section of Europe, there's not really a, a lot of love for baseball, but other areas there certainly is South America. There is certainly when you get out to the uh, Asian countries is a lot. So it's good to see them continue to get it out there and get these players more exposure. Yeah, absolutely. The series itself, game one, uh, Ian Happ hits two home runs and just the Cubs roll all over the Cardinals. Yep. Um, Cardinals are another tragic story of baseball. Oh, um, sure it's so sad, man. Cardinals came back in game two and actually mm -hmm. like scored yep. some runs. They looked like the Cardinals team of old. Um, but man, they are making mental and defensive errors all over the place. Like a team that yep. the Cardinals had what five gold glovers on their team last year. It was like four or five, right? I mean, you had Goldschmidt, you had Arenado, you had um, well Yachty. He's not there. Yachty, right. you had Nolan Gorman. But he's not there. Gorman, and you had I think you had one more. But Tyler was Tyler O'Neill not Tyler O'Neill. Right? Yeah, was he one? Oh, I, I'm yeah. pretty or a finalist at least. Yeah. But, I, I mean, these guys are kicking the ball all over the place. They look. Yep. They do not look like the St. Louis Cardinals that we're used to seeing. That's for sure. Yep. And what, what's amazing with the Cardinals, the Cardinals have scored 354 runs so far this season. They've scored the second most runs in their division. They've outscored teams like Houston um, and the Yankees. Like, this is a team that has been hitting. They they just can't get people out. Mm -hmm. the, the pitching can't get people out. And when the pitching actually gets to the ground ball, these guys are booting stuff around. Like, it's... That is, it's a real struggle out there, and that team should have been at least as good, if not better, than last year's team based on that makeup of that roster. And they're just a hot mess. Yeah, I I am skeptical of Tyler O'Neill's injury here, right? I mean, we heard we heard all that stuff go down with Marmol and Tyler O'Neill, and he just goes on the IL, and we haven't heard anything about him. I don't know why he's on the IL. I mean, it could be a, a significant injury, but at the same time, like, 
it just it's just kind of weird that it happened after you know that whole scene went down with those two but yeah, yeah maybe maybe i still don't think he makes i still don't think he makes the impact for that cardinals team that they need right now they are no struggle the issue playing. for them is not hitting you know they're hitting they're just not they just can't get anybody out yeah crazy um and then just to bring in my diamondbacks they are the only mlb team right now to have not been swept in a series oh, and, they've, so. and they've got a two and a half game lead on san fran now three up on la like they're yep. just kind of cruising along yeah they lost two out of three to the giants they had a chance to to really gain some ground there um but so that knocked them back you know a game they were up i think three and a half four four at that point um, but Giants kind of came in, um, and then they saved like the last game of that series. But yeah, and um, and don't look now, Nick. Your Cincinnati Reds are in first place. Cincinnati they sure Reds. are. Are they going to be your team to follow? That's non-Red Sox, Harrison. They will not be, but I will be watching them. And in other news, the Pittsburgh Pirates continue to struggle. They are yeah. lost nine of their last ten again. That is a roller coaster ride of a team. It is. They're, and they're really... now five and a half games out. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, do you guys have any other series this week that the Red Sox had kind of a dreadful week? They did not have a very good performance this it, week. They were, you know, they were like four games over 500. They're back to one game over 500. They've, I, I this team is, they're all over the place. I will say right now they're tied for first in the AL Central with the Twins um, and in fifth place in the East. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I mean, Red Sox are 13 games out of this division and they'd be tied for the AL Central lead. Yeah, the AL Central is brutal, but it's horrendous. But yeah, yeah, yeah the Red Sox had a dreadful week. Uh, the Yankees continue to get more bad news and uh, they've been scuffling too. The yeah. Mets are scuffling, they've really fallen apart. Uh, the Padres were on, a, were on a run there, they had a dreadful week. That team continues to struggle to figure out what, what's going on. Yep. Uh, yeah, Nick Fanning just commented recent news of potential Andrew McCutcheon moving to Texas was is the latest rumor. Um, Texas has showed interest in Andrew McCutcheon. I hadn't heard that, but I mean, I, mean, I guess it makes sense. It that came that out would today be a sign. This morning. Yeah, that'd be a sign. Pittsburgh saying, "Yeah, it was a good run, but we're, uh, you yeah. know, we clearly don't have the legs for this," which I don't think they do. But I, I do think they're going to hang around. Also, just. In case I'm completely misreading this, I don't think Tampa's been swept either. Okay. So Tampa and so it, Tampa it could and be the only team in the National League. National League that but, hasn't been but swept. Unless I'm misreading this schedule. Tampa's certainly lost some series, but I don't think they've been swept. It doesn't look like they've been swept. Okay. So it must have been National League then. So yeah. So Diamondbacks in the NL, Rays in the AL haven't been swept. But yeah, I think that's that news of going back to McCutcheon is interesting yeah, because like um he's so excited to be back in Pittsburgh. And it was almost kind of like this is his swan song, you know, like yeah. I'm here, you know, I'm thinking about probably hanging him up either next this year or next. It would be interesting if Pitts was just like, uh yeah, you're gonna go to Texas. Well, unless he's chasing unless a ring. Like Yeah, unless they've come to him and said, Hey, look, you like this is where we're at. We can get you out of here to go to a contender if you want to go. Um, I don't see. I don't necessarily see him asking for it, but it doesn't mean the team didn't approach him and just say, "Hey, we could help you if you want to." I mean, to me, this has this is. I I don't know anything more than anyone else on on this podcast knows, but 
this screams to me more of like a team like Texas reaching out. And if if I'm if I'm Pittsburgh, and Texas is going to unload some potential prospects, maybe now I have a chance to take the young, good core guys that I have now, and I've locked up some guys, and you know we got O'Neill Cruz coming back, and we got him locked up for the time being because he's so like. And if I have the opportunity to unload a guy like McCutcheon and bring in a few more prospects to just pad that, like, why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. Like, I see that more as the other way, like a team like a Texas or someone reaching out being like, we are one piece away. Yeah. yeah but right. I mean, we are, we're like one piece away from being like, hey, we can get some additional depth in the outfield. Yeah. You know I'm, what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't see it as McCutcheon being like, hey, I want to get out of here and go chase no. the ring. No, I don't think McCutcheon would ask for this. I think if anything, the Pirates are saying, "Hey, we could help you. Get, we could help you get out of here if you want." I mean, the Tex the Rangers may have reached out, but I mean, the Rangers have the best freaking offense in baseball. Like, I don't. I mean, no, no disrespect to McCutcheon, but I don't think he makes that team significantly better. Oh, I don't know, man. A veteran guy like that that can just go in and just settle the nerves of a locker room, and I mean, veteran presence is a whole lot when you're coming down the stretch. I mean, you're a team that you thought you were going to be good. Obviously, you went out and got Bruce Bochy because you thought that that was a big piece, which I agree at the beginning of the year. I thought Texas yeah. was going to be much improved. But, you know, you've dealt with some injuries, the DeGrom stuff, and pitching's been great outside of that. But, you know, DeGrom is, has been a bit of a disappointing part of the season. But you got guys playing real well. Simeon's playing well. Corey Seager's playing really well. You can add a, a veteran fourth outfielder or a guy coming off the bench like McCutcheon who can do – a lot of different things. He can go in as a defensive replacement. He can pinch hit. He can still run a little bit if you need him on the base pass. Like he just kind of does a lot of stuff. Like that would be a real nice piece for Texas to, to add. I, I think that could put them over the top in the American league, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, especially getting them out of the West. I mean, I know the Astros are still there somehow with Alvarez gone. Altuve was gone most of the time. Yeah. Or, or well, just, just good, his IL stay got extended. It's literally just the next man up for the Astros. Just yep. Everybody they put in the lineup like performs. It's sick. just good. I hate it. I hate it. Um, <laughs> give me they're, some new blood in there. They they they've got um, no shortage of uh of good players just kicking around. Yep. All right. Um. How about series for this coming week? Uh, Reds and Orioles right off the top. I, I mean that one's gonna be. You know, a series of young guys slugging yep. it out. That one's going to be fun. That's going on now, isn't it? The, yeah, it, well, it is. They're, one they're delayed yeah. right now. Right. But, yeah. Yep. Oh, they are. Okay. Yep. Rays at the Diamondbacks. That's going to be a there good you go. one. Yeah. Rays D-backs will be a good one. Um, yeah, I was hopeful that Houston-St. Louis would be worth watching, but I don't. I think St. Louis is just going to get steamrolled. I'll say Giants. I think Giants in Tampa, too. That starts tomorrow. Mm. I mean, the, the Giants are a team that you just – the Giants are in Toronto. Is that, isn't that what I just said? I thought you said Tampa. Oh, if I did, I misspoke. Yeah, I meant Toronto. Sorry. Misspeak. Yeah. But, I mean, that's 10, 10 wins over, over 500, 44 wins for the Giants, who were kind of sneaky in that sense. Yep. Like, yep. it was a team that was a bit disappointing last year. We weren't really sure who they were. You know, they didn't really make any major moves. They tried to, right? They tried Carlos Correa. That didn't really work. Conforto. I mean, that's been a guy. Yeah. They tried Judge. But, like, they tried to make big moves, and they didn't. And next thing you know, they're – second in the division behind a team at like Arizona, but right. going to Toronto, I, I don't know, man. I That could be an interesting one. And that's good. Yeah. I mean, they're on early too, so I don't have to stay up late to watch the Giants. Yeah. 
Yeah, this Tampa is... Bay wraps up with Arizona, then goes to Seattle. Um, oh, so they're all fully out west. Yeah, they're fully yeah. out west. I mean, that, that series will be okay. Seattle is not as good as they should be either. That team's a couple games under 500. They were improved. They got some young guys that are not quite hitting like they were last year. Um, Miami and Atlanta. Miami is a is an interesting story. You know, Atlanta is clearly the juggernaut in that division, but um, that I think that'll be a good series. It's a really good chance for Miami to take a little gut check and see where they're at. Well, don't Atlanta, forget Miami's well, but, Miami's got three games against the lowly Red Sox here at the beginning of the, beginning of the week. Yeah, doesn't matter. Over the past like three years, Atlanta has owned that team. Big yeah. time, so Owned much though. It's <laughs> so much though, so. like to the point where it's like the the Padres just couldn't beat the Dodgers, no matter yeah. how like who how yep. good anyone was playing or how poor. Like this is kind of how Miami and Atlanta. I picture Atlanta just dominating that series, yep. but yep. I could be wrong. Yeah. All right. I like where uh, I like where Nick said is that. Yeah, future, future World Series preview: O's and Reds. I mean, not a bad prediction right now. If they I I, I will say I will say my non Red Sox team this year is the O's. Okay. Done. I mean, it's fair. Weird that it's in the division, but okay. It is, but <laughs> having gone down there to see him live, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Harrison's like, I ain't oh, stand up for those West Coast games. Screw that, no, dude. I'm, that. I'm this West Coast, Coast is nonsense. It's a beautiful go, ballpark. It's a good team. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I'll go with you. I'd love I to go with the Reds. It. I just don't – I honestly don't think that they can play like this all season, but, boy, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Enjoy it while you can. Well, yeah. it, it was funny when – we just to harken back real quick to – um De La Cruz hitting it, hitting the cycle, right? We started the show off with, and it was so funny. So I, I, I didn't see it live. So I wasn't watching the game live, but I certainly got the update. So I tuned in, saw the highlights, all that stuff. And when he got the triple to lock in the cycle and he's like standing up, he's celebrating with the bench and the guy, I think it was the radio broadcast that was dubbed over. And the guy, the guy that did it, I don't know his name, but he's like, Oh, no, Cruz has been the big leagues for three weeks. And he did something that the Reds haven't done in 37 years, which <laughs> yeah. is have someone hit for the cycle, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, Eric Davis. I mean, this this yeah. guy has done nothing but come up and just be incredible. Well, and yeah. so you'll love this, Sean. We were talking about this before we got on, too, is, you know, so you look at the players of the week this week. You had uh, Luis Robert in the American League, who absolutely terrorized the Red Sox. Um, and then Ellie De La Cruz in, in the National League. In his second full week in the big leagues, he's the player of the week. Like, this guy continues to do stuff that nobody in Cincinnati's done for an extremely long time. Forever. <laughs> like yeah. second full week in the big leagues, he's a player of the week. Hits for the cycle. Like instant energy, instant excitement. I I I hope he does this forever. But yeah, my God, is he fun to watch? And then then he, when he gets that base hit, he hits the ground ball to Abreu down the line and beats him to first base. Just beats like, it out. <laughs> there's not much this kid can't do. It's he great. runs like a gazelle. It's like oh I don't think goodness. his feet he's ever so hit the fast. ground. It doesn't no. make any sense. No. He takes like three strides and he's there. His secondary lead, he's standing on second base. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, I mean, crazy, man. Ne- like a whole nother level of athleticism this kid's got. Yeah. I, I used to like, my friends are all like, dude, you, like in my prime, I was pretty athletic. And they're just like, you're like, you're one of the best athletes I've seen. I'm like, dude, I'm not even near the top 10% of athletes in this world. Like, I, I'm not even sniffing the top 10%. Like, oh, dude, these guys are. Freaks. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's freaks. It's yeah. Yeah. It's unreal. All right. Uh, Nick Nick Fanning, wild that Eric Davis and De La Cruz share the same number too. <laughs> yeah. What was really cool about that is do you know who scored on Eric Davis's uh triple to lock in his cycle? No. It was Barry Larkin. You know who I was announced? gonna guess Barry Larkin. Yeah. Ellie De La Cruz's 
uh, Barry Larkin announced De La Cruz uh, <laughs> like, cycle. He's in the booth for it. Oh, That's no wild. kidding. So that was cool. That's wild. All the points yeah. of connection here. Yep. All right. Here we go. Seventh inning stretch trivia time. Viewers, you can chime in too if you know the answers to these. Um, and and we, we've we've not even been given the questions yet, so we're we're just right. as blind as you all are here. So so here we go. Be gentle. The past five years, you have to give me the home run leader, the season home run leader oh. for the last five years. Go. Oh my lord! Like who just well, went? Aaron, Aaron Judge. Baseball? Aaron Judge, Judge last, last year. Last year. Yep. I feel like Nelson Cruz is in there one of those years. Nope. Oh, really? So Gold hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so you have judges? to give it – okay, so last year, 2022, 2021, right. 20, Let's do the name. Let's name it out. All right, so 2022 is judge. 2022 is judge. Okay, so now 2021. There was two. They tied. Oh, geez. But you can just give me one, and it counts. Were they both in the American National, one of each? Both in the American. Uh, Guerrero? Yep, Flag Guerrero Jr. was uh, one. And who was the other one? Salvador Perez, 48. Oh, oh that's yeah, right. That's right. Sal Perez. Perez. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 2020, short season. Luke, Luke Boyd. Boyd. His only claim to fame. Oh, boy. <laughs> Boyd. Yeah. 2019, this one's a little tougher. Oh, boy, 19. He's. I'll give you a hint. He's raking in Miami right now. <laughs> Luis Arise. No. No. <laughs> Jorge Soler. Jorge Soler, 48 in 2019. From and the then, Braves? Uh for that one, Solaire might have been with the Royals. Been... So the Royals, the Royals have had two of them in the past five years. I think so. I think he might have been with the Royals in 19. He may have been. Um, 2018, oh, Oakland God. A's. Outfielder. Uh, oh, so not, not Olsen or Chapman. Nope. Oh, um, you got him. Uh, Cespedes. No. Oh man! Uh, he also shares the name with an Oriole that's still getting paid, but no longer plays. Davis. Yes, Chris Davis, with a K. Oh, with a K. Oh, that's, that's right, the K. Right. Chris. He led baseball all about in him. home runs. He led baseball in home runs. Yep, forty-eight home runs. Yeah, Chris Davis, forty-eight home runs. Yeah, that's amazing. All right, here wow, we go. That, that's a one-hit wonder right there. Staying in the home run category. Now, there's a lot of names on this list. You guys just got to have to name me off five. All right. Jesus. Hey, hold, or, on, hold on. Real quick, real quick question. Real quick question. Why is it that Nick never has to do, do the trivia? Why is it that we have to look like idiots and you just get to ask the questions? You come up with the questions during the week. I'm, and I, mean, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but, the, but he, you know, the podcast was kind of his idea. So I guess we, <laughs> we're kind of at his mercy a little here. All right. So next right, week, you come up with the top five list and, and I'll play along. Perfect. Right. Shawnee's, Shawnee's on it. Go. Give me five names, five players that have had a four home run game. Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. I don't know. No more. Nope. Uh, Poppy? Yes, he had. Nope. Manny. Wait, ever? Like, ever? Ever. No more did it against the, the Mariners. Four home run game? Yes. No. Not on the list. Please continue. <laughs> Keep going. Oh God. Um, all right. I said Manny. Was that a no? No, no for Manny. I, I know Sean Green had one. I that one. Sean Green, yep. Okay, say please tell me. I, I remember watching that game. 
Reggie Jackson, nope. JD? JD Martinez? Yep. JD Martinez for the Diamondbacks. Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton, yep. I think he did it twice. Did he do it twice in his career? Oh, I don't know. No, he did it at least once. How many guys, Nick? You've got three. Yeah, but how many guys have done How many guys in total? You have the full list? Uh, I do. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. There's eighteen guys that have done it. Oh boy, Jesus! And for the record, I was wrong. Nomar hit a three home run game and a double against the Mariners, so it was three home runs. Oh, ridiculous! So I was wrong. Oh, yeah. all right. Um, well, you have the answers, man. <laughs> easy for the guy with the answers. I was pretty. Well, I said I no. Sure I'm I know, gonna go. I was pretty sure. But I was I'm going all timers. Like Willie Mays must have had a four home run game. Yes, Willie Mays. Yes, is one. Babe Ruth. No, we have Babe. Willie Mays. We have Sean Green. We have JD Josh Martinez. Hamilton and JD Martinez. Maybe oh, uh, Carlos Delgado. Yes, nice one. Oh. With Carlos Delgado had a bunch of three home run games. I figured he must have had a four in there. Yep. So Carlos some other Dale names, some other names that you would know, um, Scooter Jeanette. He did oh. it for the he did it for the Reds. He yep. had that, that one. Yep. Um, Mike Cameron for the Mariners. Oh, that's right. Now, those are bombs too. Yep. Um, Mark Witten for the St. Louis Cardinals did it in '93, Ooh. and then uh, Mike Schmidt. Oh yeah. Okay. And then a bunch of guys in the 1800s. But Lou Gehrig was also an all timer that hit four in a game. So. Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'll save those next two for next week. So, but. Oh, come on. You got, you're not going to give us one more. All right. I'll give you one more. Here we go. go. Give me the last five AL MVPs. Judge. Shohei. Judge. Judge Shohei. Shohei. Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu. Abreu was 2020, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So Judge was 22, Shohei was 21, Abreu so we're was missing 20. 18 and 19. So we're missing 19 and 18. Um, yeah. Wow. I feel like I should know these. <laughs> 2019. Sal Perez wasn't the MVP, was he? No, Yeah, sir. I didn't think so. Okay. Yeah, no. Um, um, <laughs> you're gonna oh, uh, Trout. Trout has yes, to be in Trout, there, right? Trout, Trout, yeah. 2019 and then 19. What, you, what season are we missing? 2018. We're missing 18. Oh, oh, it was Mookie Betts with the Red Mookie. Sox. It, it was, yeah. yes. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Uh, we both we go. got Trout and Mookie all this, both at the same time. Trout and yeah. Mookie. So those were, those were the ones I had for this week. Sweet. All right. I'll save that one for next week or the week after. Oh, no, since no, Sean's yeah, I was going to say, next week, Sean's I'm, on, I'm on deck next week. All right. Here we go. All right, uh, rounding third question of the week was, if you could take a player, um, which player would you bring back during their prime to play in today's game? This is a great question. This is a hard question. It's great, though, because you can go in so many different directions. Like, to me, I'll I'll give you one. I've got a few kind of that I'm going through. Number one, I'd love to see in today's game, just because of just it's strikeout or home run, feast or famine. Give me Nolan Ryan. Give me the guy that just would strike everyone out. Like, and would throw 150 pitches. Right, right. Like, let me see that today. (laughs) Just every five days, this guy's just yakking 150, striking out 18, 19, 20, 21. 
Like that would be that, cool to see. What was that game against the Red Sox? He threw like 236 pitches or something like that. <laughs> something like, gross. Imagine, that, imagine today's game. Like the GM's like, dude, what are you doing? He just threw the 240 man, pitches. He comes yeah, out after the fifth, and the manager's like, "We're gonna go to our long relief." He's like, "Fuck you, are." I'm yeah, going back out there, man. That's exactly. Right? Nolan Ryan would have been fighting his manager if he came to get the ball in the sixth inning. There's he no way you're getting that ball. His ass. Yeah, you're not getting the ball. <laughs> He would no. He would have gone Trevor Bauer and thrown into the seats. You want the ball? Go yeah. get it. Um, um, who else? With, I'd like to see Ricky Henderson in today's game, like yeah. this yep. year with the, the stole, like the bigger bases, the pitch clock. The obviously yeah. the running game is coming back. I'd like to see Ricky in his prime, just swiping bags. I mean, it's Brian, why it's June, June twenty yeah. sixth, dude. He'd have he'd have sixty bags stolen by now. Easily, yeah. Brian Sawyer said that he goes, I can't even really imagine watching Ricky. Yeah. In today's game, like you know, they're gonna throw over twice to try to pick him off. Oh yeah, before he has then, at that point, just he's gonna walk to second because yeah. you know, right. he knows you can't come again. I mean, crazy. He would exploit the hell out of that and run like crazy. Yeah. Um, Nick Nick Fanning just said Roberto Clemente for yeah. sure. I mean, he's he's one of my all time favorites, if yep. not my all time favorite player. It'd be awesome to see him. Um, Doug said Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, obviously, like he's got the swag. He had the athleticism to play in today's game for sure. Um, Chris Buckner said Bo Jackson because Bo knows Bo. So, I mean, his athleticism, again, I think could translate. Um, But a lot of Ricky Ricky Henderson definitely in today's game. I feel like Bo Jackson is a guy whose game would translate better to today's game than it did when he played. When he did play, yeah. Because he was so athletic. He was. He played a different style of baseball that probably fits in better today. But yeah, I got a, I mean, I'd love to see Ted Williams hit. I'd love to see that guy put on a clinic today because I, I still think he'd go up there and, and hit in the, you know, 330 to 350 range probably because there's just, you're not going to get that guy out. No. Um, I'd love to see a guy like Tony Gwynn in today's game, a guy that a high contact, high average kind of hitter. Um, another guy that I'd love to see, and he hasn't even gone that long, is Ichiro. Like the the guys that hit like that, there's just not many of them anymore. The guys that that well, could work I a think, count, but would ambush a good pitch and get a hit. But also their hitting style too. I, I I think, in theory, should work quite well against the pitching style of today. Mm-hmm. Is just pound strikes and get strikeouts. But like mm-hmm. these guys didn't miss a lot of balls. They so did. So like they would have got a lot of pitches to hit. Oh, for sure. I right? totally like agree. Guys like Ted Williams and Tony, like they knew the zone so well. Ichiro. Like they knew the zone so well and they were so understanding of what was a strike and what was a ball and they would have gotten yeah. a lot of pitches to hit and they just would have just placed them out in the outfield. I mean, it, it, yeah. it would have been interesting because it, today's game is just all about strikeout, 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 strikeout. Yeah. It's, it's all pounding strikes to get K's. That would have been an interesting one. Yeah. At a, at a hundo. And then I'd love to see just two, two bonus ones here. I'd love to see like Cy Young and Walter Johnson to just settle the debate of, of what those guys could actually do. Like, how does that, how does the pitching of that era translate to today's game? Yeah. And Babe Ruth to that level too, Nick. That's, huh? I know yeah, you're coming. That, that, one, that yeah. one's mine. Um, Babe Ruth, just to prove to everybody that he wasn't the absolute Bambino hitter that, I mean, obviously for his era, he right. was the best hitter, but there's no way that hitch and that awful swing would translate today's game. No, I'd would love he make to see an adjustment. I'm sure, but I, there's no way. There's yeah, it'd be no great way. to see some of those old time, old time greats, you know, play today, just so we could compare what was because you know I have no idea what the game was like in the 19 in 1918. 
wasn't there to see it. And there's very, there's very little footage of it, but it'd be cool to, to put those guys in a field today and just see how they line up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's not just, it's today, like over the course of the past 15, 20 years, right? Like the technology by itself has evolved so much to these guys. Like you have pitchers now, particularly starting pitchers that are, setting guys up from the first at bat to the second at bat. Like right. I can't imagine they did a whole lot of that back when Babe Ruth was playing. No. It's not right? like, like you're not right. And who I mean what do I know? Again, we weren't there to see it, but I, I can't imagine these pitchers are chess matching their way through these at bats and oh I'm right. gonna face him again in the like, you know, you set these guys very openly now are setting up at bats from one to the next to the next. Yeah. Like and the hitters now have to make adjustments on the fly just as much as the pitchers do. Whereas back then it was just like see the ball, hit the ball. Right. And, and it still kind of is, but there's that extra kind of layer of it that I, I just feel like they couldn't possibly have had that back then just because how could they? There was no video. Right. You couldn't study pitchers. You That's couldn't study hitters. Like, like, well, after every at bat, every player goes back to the dugout, picks up an iPad and scrolls through right. that at bat. Oh, it's just... And Babe Ruth's workout regimen was, you know, 12 ounce curl with a cigarette behind it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like t- totally different. Crazy. So. <laughs> Nick, Even if Nick he Fanning, was real. I'd love to see Satchel Page light people up. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see a guy like Bob Gibson come Bob back Gibson. and pitch today. Yeah. For sure. A guy that would go nine innings, fight like hell, and throw and hit you in the face if he didn't like which, how you were looking at him. <laughs> I still love seeing that today when somebody does it, but not in the face, but I like a good beanball war. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gibson but would not be afraid because, to open into any of these guys. Yeah. Aaron Judge, six not, seven, don't care. You're just gonna I was just going to say, because I'm not in the batter's box. That's I was why just going to say, because you're getting hit, man. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Anyways. All right. Uh, heading home, we're going to wrap up some other news for this week. Um, highly, highly, highly disappointed in Nike and these Pittsburgh Pirate Connects uniform. My awful God. I like the hats. I don't like the jerseys. Yeah, jerseys are, hats awesome. are awesome. I the like the jerseys. Hats. Again, they had to come out and explain the history in the jersey, which they did put the bridge in. They did put the Steel City in, but it's in like a small, tiny paisley design that you can yeah. like barely make out in the yeah. in the uniform, and it just says "puh," which is like the you know the sound I made when I saw them, like. PGH across the chest, like I mean, goodness, <laughs> terrible. They're bad. I'm not sure who designs these, but they need to find somebody new. Love the color. I love the color schemes. I've always liked the black on the yellow. I love those. But I mean, come on, guys. I I think it's just kind of like we were talking about last year. Is like we're setting the bar too high for these because like we we get more bad ones than we do we get good ones and it's just i don't know just not a fan when you have to come out like i said and explain the history behind the uniform after you've released it you're not getting the the whole city connect part of it i don't feel you know but yeah all right um injuries aaron judge reports come out that he has a torn ligament in his toe and there's no timetable for his return. So bye-bye Yankees season. Yeah, Cause they're a mess without him. I mean, no, nobody can, nobody seems to know how to hit without him in the lineup. I mean, Stanton came back. He's been a mess. 
Donaldson got benched the whole weekend um, to try to let him sort things out. I mean, that team is a disaster. And if he's not coming back for the rest of the season or for quite a while, you should just mail it in the Bronx. Yeah, pretty brutal. Yeah, I mean, it's tough for them. Um, I don't know. I, I We're what? We're 52 minutes into this. I, I could go 52 minutes right on the Yankees. Um, Aaron Boone still is a terrible manager for the record. Yeah, he is, man. And I, I got pretty hot under the collar when I sent you guys that video earlier <laughs> in the week. He was on he's on this podcast, right? And it was the Red Sox game, the Sunday night game in Yankee Stadium. So not last Sunday, but two Sundays, or I guess at this point, maybe three Sundays ago. But it was the Sunday night baseball on ESPN. And it's in, in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. So it's the top of the eighth. The Red Sox are down two to one. The Red Sox have a guy on third base. In Boone played regular depth infield and it was a ground ball to second base run scores ties the game they get the out so it's now bases empty two outs game goes into extras the red sox win the game in 10 and the yankees lose and the guy in the podcast is asking aaron boone like i you know live i was wondering like why not infield in like why are we not going infield in to prevent that from happening and boone is just incredulous that someone would question his baseball genius about keeping the infield at regular depth. And he goes on and on about how, well, it's the eighth. We have two more at bats. We get the bottom of the eighth and the bottom of the ninth. In no scenario would I ever bring the infield. He's like belittling this guy who's simply a asking a question and B in my opinion, quite correctly questioning. Why are you doing it a certain way when the way you've been doing it has not been bringing the results that the organization and the fans have been wanting. And he prefaced it as historically bad offense. I, I think that when the question was when the question was posed, he goes with the historical poor offense that your offense is on. Why did you keep your infield back? And that was the major point that I had was, I don't necessarily, I don't think Boone is dead wrong. Like I think there's definitely some room for conversation back and forth, and for an argument to be made either way. For Boone to sit there and just completely like scoff at the question is what would worry me if I was a Yankee fan. Cause it's like, this yeah. guy thinks that he has all the answers. And when you have a manager that thinks he's never wrong and thinks he has all the answers, that's a problem. Because quite frankly, that offense is terrible without Aaron judge. And I don't care if you gave them seven more chances at bat. If I had a lead in the eighth, I'm trying to preserve the lead. That's it. I had a lead. If the the game was not tied. If the game was tied, the infield stays back. But I had a lead in the ninth, or I'm sorry, the eighth. I had a lead in the eighth. I have an opportunity to preserve the lead. The lead, I'm going to at least discuss that opportunity. And it just, the Yankees are frustrating. And I, I hate the Yankees. I'm a Red Sox fan, but like they're still frustrating to watch because it's it's a team that we week after week we say it. They're talented. They got great hitters. They got great players. But it's a lineup of just the same guys. They're just all Kirkland brand Aaron Judge. And then without Aaron Judge, you're just not that good. You're just not that good. Yep. So him him being out for an extended period of time with no timetable is is frustrating and, and, and quite depressing if I were a Yankee fan. Yeah, I mean, and you, you had Aaron Judge last year for 158 games, and, and now you're he's on his, what, third IL stint of the year, and this one's going to be an extended one. You know, this is not the season the Yankees had figured out. I mean, 
they, you know, they brought in Radone, Judge was back, like everything was going to be great. That that was going to be a force in the East. Um, you know, didn't have Radone. You've had Judge in and out. You've had Stanton out for a while. You've had Donaldson's been a mess and out. Like this team is a, is it's injuries and poor performance. Like they've it's it's a nasty combination, and they're in this vicious swirl right now where if Judge is out, there's nobody to pick up the pick up the torch and carry it. They're they're just gonna have to fight their way through it and see if they can if they can keep their head above water until he does come back. Yeah. And I mean he might have just caught Boone at a bad moment too. Like Boone's feeling the heat. Well for sure. Time, you know, like, I mean like I feel like that's like rookie manager level decision. So like oh. you're in the eighth inning, you bring the infield in, ball hit at the, ball hit at the second baseman, get the guy, you know, the guy doesn't go home, get the out, you live to play another out. You put the guy back, there's no scenario where you get that guy at home now, unless the ball's popped up or hit on a line at somebody, a ground ball, he scores no matter where it goes. Like you've, but, you've eliminated right. the opportunity to cut that runner down or stop them from going home completely. But there's also nobody else on. It was runner on third. It wasn't first bases loaded or right. second, third, where like a base hit scores two or, sure. you know, preventing a big inning. There was already one out. There was a guy on third. There so, wasn't a guy on second in that scenario. No, I, I can, I'll relook. I'm pretty Even if there sure was, it probably, well, second, second and well, third, I uh, yeah, you have to you have to, second, you've got to stop the base hit, yeah. Right, second and third, I I, I'm pretty sure the reason why I was so adamant, I'll look it up now, Nick. The reason why I was so adamant, I thought it was just third. If it was second, third, it's a little bit more understanding because a single then gives up the lead rather than just giving up right. the tie. Right. I, sh- I shouldn't say give up the lead; it puts you behind rather than tie. Right. So I, I get that a little bit more. I still think it's worth the discussion, but. I get it a little bit more. I'm pretty sure there was just a guy on. Let me you look. might be right. For some reason, I was thinking there was a guy on second. But either way, I mean, when you draw the infield in, you are taking away a lot of range. It's not like you're no. It's not like it's a tie game and the go ahead run is at at third. You know what I mean? If the go ahead run is on third for me, I'm definitely coming in with my infield. If it's just the tying run and I have two more at bats to to get the lead. I might have faith in my team to do that. Now, right, but, I mean, but, the Yankees are, are historically bad right now. They can't score runs. So that's a lot of pressure they are putting on guys that already can't score runs. But like you said, Sean, it's like not necessarily the scenario. It's how Boone handled it in that situation. But Yeah, I, I, I'm not entirely sure that he – like I'm not sitting here dying on the hill that he made the wrong call. <laughs> yeah. I, no, it's a judgment. But I I think that the the host of the podcast, I, I don't know his name, so I Was this the John Boy podcast? Probably, it's, I don't know. I, I just started talking baseball on one, I think. But yeah, John oh, Boy oh. Media. Yeah. Okay. I think he has every right and I think he is in every position to ask the question. To say, hey, what's the thought process behind surrendering the run for an out? It's an offense that's been struggling in the Yankees. Yes, I, I understand you get up, you're having two separate at bats. Like you get up in the eighth, you get up at the ninth, two opportunities. I recognize that over the course of 162 games, that many at bats will render this amount of runs. You know, we can go back to the money ball statistics. I get that. Mm-hmm. But in the stretch where you are offensively, why it do we know run, it was runners on second and third? It was second, third. Okay, so that I, I get that a little bit more then right. because then, a yeah. single then 
gives a potential to, to face a deficit. But if you're that confident in your offense, right? If is Boone is so confident in his offense that he was answering the question, a one run deficit because you have two opportunities to, to hit. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could turn it away. You could turn it around both ways, but if there is a guy in second, then I, I understand it a little bit more. I just, again, wasn't necessarily thrilled with the way he went about the question. Cause he scoffed as though it was the most ridiculous question of all time. It's like, he did. it's he a did. valid question, man. Like that's yeah. a, yeah, just, considering, yeah. considering you didn't have two, but you had three opportunities to hit and didn't score another run because you lost in 10. Right. So, and, so your your offense that you're so confident in had three opportunities to hit. You couldn't scrounge one run across the plate. Yeah. If you're banking on that offense to bail you out in a game right now, they're not going to do it for you. This is not that season where you where you give that offense the, you know, the con to get you out of to get you through something. They're just not going to do it. Yeah. Right. Um. All right. Another uh, injury, major injury. Gio Urshela for the Angels goes down. He's out for the remainder of the season with pelvis fracture i did not see how this happened but my goodness you had to do something i don't know if he got hit by a pitch in the hip and they're counting that as a, a fracture because he like you know either chipped a hip bone there on the midsection or what i didn't see it but I just saw that he was out with a fractured pelvis that's ugh, ridiculous and he was having a really good season for them too which is which is yeah, tough it's a tough one um all right, let's uh let's switch gears here to the College World Series real quick. Um, let's start with LSU's game to get in, against Wake Forest to get into the championship game. The first time oh, I've ever get. Sorry, real quick, Nick Urshela. Yeah. Uh, in that June fifteenth game when he went into first base and 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 fell and got kind of wiped out and fell, that's where he did it. Ouch. He was going so in hard into first base, got tangled up, hit the ground, and that's when it happened. Dang. That sounds miserable. Yeah, trying to beat out a grounder. I remember him falling. I just didn't think it was it was bad, but apparently it was. Sounds miserable. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, College World Series. We're going to talk about LSU um, against Wake Forest to get into the championship game. 0-0. Um, zero, zero. This was a pitcher's duel the entire time. Skeins for LSU might be the best pitcher in the country, pro or college right now. This kid is ridiculous. Just He's got batters. He's got triple-digit heater with a wipeout slider. His changeup is filthy. Uh, he's like, isn't he like 6'5", six, 6'6"? Six, six? Like, he's tall. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's like, a big dude. And he just slings it. It is insane. And he, another guy that throws really hard but doesn't look like he's really trying that hard. Yeah. Mm. Crazy. But it's 0-0 zero, zero all the way to the 11th inning. And former NC State Wolfpack product, Tommy Tanks, Sends LSU to the championship with a walk-off in the 11th. Just absolutely tanked one into the bullpen. Um, so LSU goes against uh, Florida in the championship. LSU wins game one. Florida wins game two, 24-4. Like, yeah, absolute just blowout. Yeah. What a, what a um, different game that was. Crazy. Yeah, they had, like, a couple guys with multi-home run games, <laughs> right? And just, like, just hitting the ball over the they, ballpark. They, what, was it three home runs and... A span of like a handful of pitches or something crazy? Yeah, something like that. Well, this is um, going to be – I mean, LSU's up what, 10-2 right? right now? 10-2 to two right now, LSU. And this is the this is winner take all. This is the, so this, this is the final score. If 10-2 is the final score, which, you know, pretty good bet, this will be another scenario where LSU yep. wins the title and Florida scored uh, more runs in the whole series. <laughs> they had 24 yeah. runs in the second game. Crazy. 
Um, so probably to help with the Gio Urshela injury, Eduardo Escobar is traded to the Angels. This is probably yeah. why Escobar went there because um, it just happened this week. Um, it's a great utility guy to add to um, to add to that Angels roster. Well, they also picked um, up Mustakis when they were in Colorado. Yeah, this is crazy. I love that meme of like Homer Simpson. He's out there in a yeah. Rockies uniform, and then the Angels <laughs> win twenty five to one, and he fades back Backs into the bush. Yeah, yeah. comes out with an Angels uniform yeah. on. I mean, so, literally, uh, the guy played one day for the for the Rockies, and then was in the other clubhouse the next day with the Angels. Yeah, it's so crazy, so cool. Uh, George Springer for the Blue Jays becomes the second all time in leadoff home runs. With 55, he only trails now Ricky Henderson, who hit 81 in his career. 81 leadoff home runs for Ricky Henderson. It's crazy. I mean, I, I knew George um, Springer had had a, had a lot of leadoff home runs. I did not realize he had that many, though. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah Mo- same. Mookie Betts has a handful, too, now, too. Yeah. He hit, like, three over the weekend. It was insane. Or would have had three. He got robbed on one of them. Yep. Um, but, yeah, yeah crazy. Robbed. Nasty robbed. Yeah. Um, Freddie Freeman uh, for the Dodgers got hit 2,000 last night. Is he going to be our next 3,000 hit club player? Could, could he? So he's 1,000 away. I mean, could be. He needs probably, I don't know, man. He needs six seasons, six, seven more seasons yeah. of 180 hits, 185 hits consistently over the next seven seasons or Whatever yeah, that his, math comes out to be. Yeah, his season average is about a buck eighty. So he he's got to give you six more seasons to get seven, there. Seven, yeah. He could. To, I mean, he totally. He's he's thirty three. He's is he under contract for four or five more years. It's a handful of years, I think. I think maybe five. Yeah. So I mean, so you want you're 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 talking average pace from Freddie, one hundred and eighty eight hits a year until he's forty. Yeah. He could. So. He could. He could. He just has to, he ha- just has to play long enough. Yeah. Stay on the field. I mean, I'd love to see it. I, I, yeah. he seems like the coolest guy. Like yeah. he just yeah, seems like an awesome dude that loves baseball and seems like a great teammate. I'd love to see Freddie Freeman get it. Um, yeah, but it, it's tough to just assume people are going to get 3000 hits now. Right. Man, it's just so hard. It's is there, so hard. Is there anybody get it else? Yeah, right. No, no joke. <laughs> Is there anybody else right now that's active that could make even a bid for it? I know we looked at it maybe a few so. months ago, but we did. Let me look, pull it back up. Yeah, I I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that would have. I mean, everybody else is where he is. Stuff. Joey Votto's at twenty ninety eight. Nelson Cruz is at twenty forty nine. Elvis Andrus is at twenty thirty six. Yeah, yeah, McCutcheon's at two thousand nine. Altuve, Altuve's at nineteen sixty one. And how old is Altuve? Um, he's roughly but, the same age as, right, as, Freeman. as Freeman. But Altuve, too, you got to worry. I mean, the injury. I mean, he's a small guy. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, he it, is. all it takes is, I mean, he had that wrist injury there. I mean, he might never fully come back from that. You might never see true. the same Altuve again, at least at the plate. Yeah, no, it's I mean, true. Mike Trout, got, again, 16, 14. Mike Trout's young, but injuries. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Manny Machado's at 16, 59. He's 30. Um, it's. I don't think there's that many guys that are really. Yeah, you're asking these you know, guys to reason. have the same production from their 30 to 40 years as they Correct. did from their the, 20 from to 30. 20 to 30, which is exactly. just a ridiculous thing to ask. Yeah, they got to keep up a pace that is a lot to ask. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, for I mean, think about it this a... way. Let's let's just break it out this way. Miguel Cabrera, okay, Miguel Cabrera's 40. 
Miguel Cabrera has 3,119 hits in 11,581 plate appearances. And he is arguably one of the greatest right-handed hitters of our generation. Right. But he also came up when he was 18 and not like 22, 23. He got four no, extra no, like years. 21 years. But, right. But that's but what to I'm strictly saying. break that down and to say, we are asking guys like Manny Machado to be better than that in their 30s. Like, that's right. just crazy. Like, you just, that's right. It's a it's ridiculous insane. thing to ask. So, I, I really don't think so. I, I mean, I, I think, again, Freddie Freeman's probably the closest we get. Freddie, Freddie Freeman's got 2,000 hits and 7,721 plate, plate appearances. So, again, yeah. I mean, he's just going to have to average the 180, 185 hits for the next six years. Yeah. Which yeah. you're asking a guy at age 40 to still be hitting 315. It's a lot. Yeah, it's as these I mean, younger guys could come he do up it? Sure. Average 120, 120 mile an hour fastballs with 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 yeah, cut. Like, exactly. like, I mean, come on. Yeah. Could, right. could he do it? Sure. It's it's a hell. It's a reach, though. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, switch into the All Star game here in a few weeks. J Rod is back in the Derby. Kind. Of, I mean, his announcement was pretty cool, but we kind of knew he was going to be back in the Derby. It's all-star games in Seattle, so kind of a, a no-brainer, really. Um, but this was a little bit of shocker, is Mookie Betts is in the home run derby this year. So um, it said I was watching the Dodgers and Astros uh, Sunday Night Baseball, and it was actually Mookie Betts' wife that was like, listen, you've done everything else. You've been to the World Series, been to the All-Star game. you got to do the home run derby at least once to say that you've done it all. And, I mean – it wouldn't surprise me if Mookie Betts just goes up there and just absolutely rakes. But I mean, you know what else I could see from Mookie cool. though? And I, I love Mookie. I, I would love to see him make a run at it. I could see Mookie, you know, the format's changing now. It's timed wise versus however many outs you get. I could see Mookie get up there and just hit like maybe like two or three home runs, but just like everything's like in the gap. It's like, well, that'd be a great <laughs> double, like, yeah. you know, because he's right. just such yeah. a good hitter. Like, yeah. lights like, up the gaps. Yeah, it's just like this is not like just awful gap, awful gap. It's like that's not any good here. <laughs> right. like, I could see that from him because he's just such a good sideline to sideline hitter. So we got we got six more spots in the home run derby this year. Who would you guys like to see? I mean, give me Pete. Pete's always a good show yeah, for I'd it. Love to see Pete. I'm sure he'll um, be there if he's healthy. Yeah, right. True. Pete's always a good show. I'd like to see yeah, Shohei Harper. do it. Bryce Harper. Shohei again. Um, I think. I could, I'd love, I'd to, love see to see Trout, Trout do it, but um, I, I just don't think that with his back they'll they want him to. And I'd like to see a Roldis Garcia in Texas. He hits oh, yeah. bombs. Yeah, good one. He hits bombs. Um, Ellie De La Cruz. I'd, Ellie. Love to see De La Cruz yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him do pretty much anything there is on the baseball field. Um, Juan Soto. I'd love to see Juan Soto go out there and hit bombs. But he did. He won it last year. That's. I know. Yeah. I'm saying I'd love to see him go out and hit go more hit again. bombs. Yeah. Because they're in Seattle, right? Yes, they're in. Yeah, Seattle. it's in Seattle. Yeah, that's a that that ballpark's a poke. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any of like the upcoming guys that would be decent to see, other than De La Cruz. Um, he'd be great. The Red Sox say like Connor Wong's actually would be their home run derby participant if there was yeah. like one from each team, which is crazy. But they said his I, batting practice was like yeah, that doesn't, doesn't totally surprise me. But they say He's that like a nice stroke. Like, yeah. He has a nice. He does. They said his batting practice is electric. I, Acuna'd be a good one. Acuna mm. would be a real good one. Connor Wong. Austin Riley be a good one too. Connor Wong doesn't surprise me at all because he seems like a really good fastball hitter. 
It's yeah, like yeah. if you just kind of get him on his toes a little bit with breaking pitch, you know, you get him guessing, he, he kind of gets outside himself a little bit. But that's another re- – he's yeah. another reason why I think you get Verdugo doing what he's doing this year. I mean, he's on bereavement right now. But, you know, when he's healthy, Verdugo should be an all-star. And I, I think the all-star voting, don't get me started, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. But <laughs> Verdugo's great. Verdugo's an all-star. If Connor Wong can just continue to develop, he's young, still young, continue to develop and become an everyday catcher that the Red Sox believe that he is. And he's got an absolute hose from behind the plate. We've seen that on display this year. Yeah, He can just offensively continue to mature. That turns out to not be a terrible trade after all. Right. It really doesn't. So. No. no. I like yeah. Connor Wong. Yeah. I like Connor Wong. Yeah. I mean, to have two two out of those three guys pan out, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm I'm all for it for sure. Um, speaking of whole, uh, speaking throw, of throw throw Duran in there, Jaron Duran. <laughs> speaking of home runs, though, Matt Olson is on a tear right now, and he took over the yeah. home run lead for the league over yep. Otani. He had what was it a four home run weekend? I think uh, he was just crushing the ball. I saw but, he hits. I saw Almost. someone put on Twitter, and they were like, "He has more home runs than Otani and a lower ERA." Why is no one talking about medals? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. That's so good. Yeah, I mean, he's got twenty-five now. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, twenty-five home runs, sixty RBIs. I mean, gone are the days these guys that have twenty-five home runs and a hundred at the break. But I know. Yeah. Um, but that's a lot of home runs. He's and he's. Yeah, what was it? What was it that Juan gone had that? What, what 125 at the break that one year? 109 at the break. Yeah, 109. 109. Yeah. At the break. Which like 100 on July 1st. Yeah. It was insane. It was insanity. Which is the other crazy part of that stat is he only ended with 157. Like that's, oh, is that right? Yeah, that's the other end of that stat. That's so crazy. Is like he only drove in another 40 the rest of the year. Like, what? That's nuts. <laughs> well, that Rangers offense kind of went into a bit of a funk the second half of that season yeah, crazy um and then the last thing i have tonight which is kind of a pretty cool stat uh with paul goldschmidt playing in london over mm. the weekend he's the first major league baseball player to play a major league baseball game in five countries u.s canada mexico australia and then now england um thought that was a pretty cool stat but um, yeah it is just uh he cool did guy for it too because i i like Goldie. Yeah. Cool guy for yeah. That. yeah, yeah, yeah. They had him mic'd up, I think, for game one um, in London. That was pretty cool, um, just to hear what he had to say. And I mean, they all know that 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 team's struggling, just to bring that back a little bit. And you know, he talked about it a little bit. And he's like, "We're all professionals here. We all know that. You know, I'm not playing how I should be. Everybody else, you know, knows that they're not playing how they should be. Like." we're not dumb. We know what's going on. We know what we have to do. We just have to go out and execute. So, I mean, but yeah, it, all it takes is for Arenado and Goldschmidt to get hot and that team's going to turn around. And, and and as awful as they've been, they're not out of the NL central, which is, it's crazy. I mean, that NL central is still wide open. The Cardinals could go on a, on a 10 game, 11 game win streak and be right back in it. Like that's the crazy part. So Yeah. You guys have uh, anything else for tonight? I I got one thing real quick. They uh they announced the uh, futures game rosters, mm. and you've got uh twenty eight players on these teams are in your top one hundred prospect list. 
there are some seriously talented players in this futures game. Um, you know, one of the headliners to it is uh, Marcelo Mayer of the Red Sox, who's the number five overall prospect in baseball. There's a, uh, it's deep. You know, Jackson Holiday's in there, who was a uh, only at high A, but mm-hmm. he's considered the top prospect of that group. A um, lot of lot of big time pitchers. Uh, keep your eye out for Jackson Churio for the Milwaukee Brewers. Mm. He's he is a stud. He was in Carolina Mudcats, yep. uh, which is high, I believe, last year um, down here. And then now I think he's in double A uh, in Wisconsin. I think they are. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah he's good. There's some serious talent on this team. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. But. Phase two of the all-star voting is out. Of course, it's all fan voting, I believe, but it's narrowed down the list, so you're not getting the like the stray votes. You're just pretty much voting for starters, I think, at this point. Um, but I, I hope some of the Diamondbacks don't get snubbed because they've put up – they've had some great players, um, put up some good season. Christian Walker, Bordas Gurriel Jr., Corbin Carroll, of course. Um, they're deserving to be on the all-star team. <laughs> Even Merrill yeah. Kelly's had a great year. Uh, uh, he has. He's I know. been really good. And I really has. I was very dismissive of him for the World Baseball Classic. I thought it was like, this is your ace yeah. for the USA. And he, he struggled. He yeah. But he has been great for, he for Arizona. Yeah. He really has. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, him and Zach Gallon have been a great one-two punch for them out there. And they got a lot of young guys in that rotation just cycling out, trying to find that third. They have Zach Davies. He's, he's a coin flip. He's okay. Um, but they got some young arms that are that are pitching well for them. Uh, Henry is one of them. He's a lefty, pretty good stuff. Um, I, I think the Diamondbacks are for real. Like I know I've been high on them, but I, I think they're gonna they're gonna contend for that NL West spot. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're a good team. Yeah. Oh, they're good. And one last thing I'll throw in there too is that um, as soon as the A's got approval in Vegas, San Jose reached out to MLB asking to have the Giants' territorial rights to the South Bay area removed. Um, because San Jose wants to be in the running for an expansion team or the uh, have the opportunity to try to maybe draw a team there. Um, but the way it's, you know, 12 years ago, the A's tried to move to San Jose to get a new ballpark. MLB shot it down because the Giants control the rights to that market. Uh, and then San Jose is trying to come back one more time to see if they can't get those territorial rights removed so that they at least have a shot. So how did Oakland get the rights then? I, my guess is because they've been there so long, there, pro- there probably wasn't an issue. But they can't, and they, you know, they were on the north side of the bay. Yeah, I was gonna say Oakland's on the other side of the bay than San Francisco. Yeah, and I think that's what gotcha. that's what San Jose is talking about. They're on the San yeah. Francisco side of the bay. Got, exactly. I gotcha. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, so Oakland, the the Bay Area is always split in two. Oakland's been there a long time. The Giants were there a long time. They had their they had their rights. Uh, San Jose tried to slip in when Oakland wanted to move, and they were shut down. Yeah. Dang. But for those fans that are mad about the Oakland A's moving, they tried to move once already. They tried to move 12 years ago and got shut right. down. Yeah. All right. Anything else for tonight? No. That's it. All right. Next week, Sean will come up with the top five trivia list. Oh, I got you. Oh, you got me? All <laughs> I'm right. stumping you oh, bastards. These are going to be right. ridiculous. I didn't think mine were going to stump most, Who's got the most triples on a Tuesday no. night in September <laughs> in league history? No, 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 no. No, no. No, they'll be fair. They'll be fair. All right. I just want a night off from looking like an idiot. That's all. (laughs) That's me every night. But anyways. Fair. (laughs) All right. 
Uh, before we go, just make sure you like and follow us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. You can share our podcast. You can interact. We always throw out a question of the week. Um, we're still pumping out reels, so like them and share them. Get us no, uh, noticed out there. Um, still, you know, really appreciate everyone's support through this. Like, it's sure. been awesome. This has been a blast for us three. Uh, hope we are doing a good job for you relaying some baseball news um, that we love to talk about every week. So uh, thanks for your continued support. Uh, you can listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you next Monday at 8 p.m. Shap. See ya. Later.